I wasn't old enough for a license yet, but there was this girl. She's pretty cute. She lived in town. I lived about 10 miles out of town and I had a motorcycle. So I took my chances. I mean, hey, it was the 1980s and freedom. I got on my bike, put my helmet on, you know, cause safety first. And I rode out to, to win the girl. And it, it worked out. Her name was Jackie and she eventually became my wife and we've been married 27 years. So that, that's pretty cool. I still remember that feeling of hopping on that motorcycle and no parents around, of course, back roads, the wind, just the freedom that that felt to go, go win the girl. That's, that's, a great, that's a great feeling. I mean, freedom is exhilarating, isn't it? You probably had moments like that in your life. It could be that, you know, it was that first car ride, you know, without mom and dad and you had your license and you got to experience that driving away. Maybe for you, it was graduation, you know, maybe either from high school or college and you get to start your life or, you know, start a new adventure or move away from home. Maybe it's that empty beach or that hiking trail up in the woods, you know, your freedom all, all alone with your thoughts. I mean, I think of all the things that freedom gives us. I mean, it gives us choices. That's a big thing. I mean, choices about, you know, who we want to marry or what career we're going to be involved in or, or whether we're going to start a business or not. That's, that's the amazing thing about, about freedom. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we've all had our freedom sort of hampered. With this coronavirus, it's happened. We're trying to contain it and I guess lower the curve. And so we've all been you know, staying at home. And I'm telling you, I can't wait for the day that we're free to meet again, uh, even as a church, to meet again, to shake a hand and hug each other and, and kind of get on the other side of this thing. I can't wait for that, for that moment. I'm praying for that moment. I hope you are too. And, and it reminds me of the old hymn, you know, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all finally get to, in this case, meet again together. That will be awesome. Well, I'm glad you joined us today. My name is Pastor Ben, and excited to, to, to share week two of a series that we started last week on Easter called In Him So We. And in this series, what we're trying to do is unpack all that God offered humanity through Jesus Christ, all the wonderful blessings that we get and privileges that we get by faith in Jesus Christ. And we found out last week that there's this key verse for this series, and I wanna share that again with you. And it is found in Colossians. It's a little, a little letter in the New Testament. Colossians chapter one, verses 16 and 17. And it says this, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. That's our key verse for this series. And, and like I mentioned last weekend, I'd love to have you with us the next two weekends, today and then the next two weekends. I'd love you to put that on your calendar. Even, even though it's online, we can still get together. And I think it'll be powerful time for all of us and for your family, wherever you're watching today here at Dallas Church Online. Excited that you're with us. If you're brand new, well, we'd love to hear from you. Be great to hear that you were there watching. And, and if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you on that. But no matter what your situation is today, watching this at home, I'm excited that you joined us for episode two 
of the In Him So We series. And today our message is titled, In Him So We Have Freedom. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we earnestly seek your presence. We earnestly seek your peace during this time. And Lord, as we lean into the idea of freedom and what that means for us, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. And it's in the power of Jesus we pray, amen. Well, let's be honest. The idea of freedom doesn't necessarily easily tie into what we think of as religion in general or church specifically. Freedom doesn't seem to be the first thing we think of. Usually the first thing we think of with religion and even church is things like rules and guidelines and and things that we're not supposed to do. However, when we look at the Bible, and the Bible is a big complex collection or a library of some 66 books, a lot of those books have to do with God's people, the nation specifically of Israel, or the Jewish people. And for the Jewish people, there was an event that forever shaped their whole story. And an event that goes all the way back to the time of Moses and the nation of Egypt. This narrative shaped their identity and their understanding of even who God was and, and the fact that they were, they were a special people. So what was it? What was that event? We call it the Exodus event. And if you wanna read more about it and all the detail, you can do that. It's the second book of the Bible in our English Bibles. We start with Genesis, then we go to Exodus. And Exodus is this amazing narrative. It's essentially the freeing of over two million people, the Hebrew people or the Jewish people, from slavery in Egypt. And, and here's what's you know, kind of difficult for us, even in this discussion, that you know, this idea of slavery is kind of offensive to us now in our modern sensibilities. But for the ancient world, slavery was, was very common and it was very, uh, a, a very real reality for, for a lot of people in the ancient world. So I can just imagine when they first heard this idea that Moses brought to them, their leader, that, that God wanted to actually free them from slavery, that must have been a game changer. They must have thought, we want all of that. And so this narrative, this Exodus event, talks about how God raised up Moses to help lead the people out of slavery in Egypt to a new life and a promised land. I encourage you to go back and, and, and read the story. It's pretty amazing. But it really had more to do with the fact that God was freeing them, but that they were a special people. And so throughout the Bible, we follow their story. But it really began there in Exodus and, and, and how Moses was led by God to release them from slavery in Egypt. Now, when we get to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these were all biographies. We call them the Gospels. And they tell the story of Jesus as the new Moses. See, Jesus came on the scene in the first century to those same people. Now, there were a lot fewer of them then, but Jesus came as the new Moses to these people in the first century, the Jewish people, and he began to talk of a new freedom from slavery. And it was a much broader and more powerful freedom than they could ever have imagined. But the Jewish leadership of Jesus' day, they weren't really into what he was talking about. 
In fact, we have conflict after conflict of Jesus talking about some of these ideas and the Jewish nation, especially the leadership, were not into it. Now, we see one of those conflicts in one of the gospel biographies, John. And in John chapter 8, I'll give you just a second or two here to find John chapter 8 in your Bible. And I'm going to start with verse 31. And it says this here. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You see, Jesus was talking about a whole different kind of freedom. He wasn't just talking about freedom from an earthly power or freedom from circumstances. He was talking about something greater. And the leadership of the Jewish people at that time, they wanted more national freedom. They wanted him to liberate them from the Roman rule, which was the kind of the world power in that day. And their, their vision of, of freedom and liberation was very limited. But Jesus had a bigger idea. And in that passage we just read, there's a sort of progression. We start with abiding in Jesus and his word, staying close to him. Jesus will later use in John chapter 15 kind of a, a, a vine metaphor, like a grapevine. Now we know all about grapevines in the Willamette Valley because we're surrounded by them. And right now it's kind of springtime here in April and we're seeing bud break and we're seeing a time when the, the vines are starting to prepare to pr produce fruit. But for the fruit to grow on the branches, it has to be, those branches have to be connected to the vine. And so Jesus uses that metaphor to talk about them being connected to him. So we start there, we abide in Jesus and his word, and then we know the truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. So we abide in him, we're close to him, and then we get to know the real truth about life and circumstances and who we are, or our real identity. And then that truth is where Jesus begins to set us free. And when the Son, when Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. I love what one scholar wrote about what Jesus did when he came. He said this, Christ's public ministry was one of liberation. He opened his whole ministry there in the first century by announcing himself as the fulfillment of what all the Old Testament prophecies and the law were pointing to. And that is encapsulated in what Isaiah says, one of the prophets, Isaiah 61.1 says, He has anointed me to proclaim release to the captives. He had come to set the Israel's, Israelites really free, the people of Israel free, not only Israelites, but all of humanity. He came to bring that kind of freedom, a much broader freedom. I love what one of the scriptures say, and I'll just kind of quote it here. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus came to bring so much more. So let's talk about a couple of areas, maybe four areas of what Jesus came to bring, what that freedom looks like, what kind of liberation Jesus brought. The first one was this. There was a freedom from the tyranny and the slavery of law. You see, for the Jewish people, 
And maybe for people who, who are, are in all kinds of religions even today, with laws and rules and things, you really feel like you've got you've to measure up to all of those. You've got to keep it all perfectly or else God's not going to be happy with you. Jesus came to free us from the tyranny of law because we realize, anybody realize very quickly that we can't do it all perfectly. None of us is perfect. We say that to each other all the time. But Jesus did. He lived it perfectly and offered by faith in him freedom from the tyranny of trying to keep up with all that law. The second kind of area of freedom and liberation that Jesus brought was freedom from Satan's grip. We find out throughout scripture that there's a deceiver out there. We call him Satan, the deceiver, the liar, and he's out to accuse humanity all the time. And through Christ, we have freedom from his grip. We don't have to listen to his lies anymore or his temptations. That in Christ, he's overcome the evil one. And so Christ offered us freedom from his grip. The third thing is Christ offered us freedom from the tyranny of sin. Sin is something that humanity, you and I, we're just not strong enough to fight against. We can't defeat it. Sin is too powerful. It's a burden we can't handle. But Jesus lived a sinless life and offered us through faith in him that same covering of sin, to take care of the power of sin. In fact, Jesus came to break the power of sin so that we no longer have to sin. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures is, is, is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which Paul, an early follower of Jesus, wrote, and he said this, no temptation has overtaken us, which isn't common to man, to all of us. And God is faithful. He won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. But when we are tempted, he'll provide an escape so that we can stand up under it. You see, Jesus brought freedom from the tyranny of sin. And finally, Jesus brought freedom from, from death's sting. Jesus brought freedom from worry and, and fear about physical death because we know there's an eternal reality to our lives. That Jesus came to bring tyranny, freedom from the tyranny of death and its sting on us. He came to give us a hope for the now and the not yet. And so even beyond this life, even after we perish, we don't have to, to worry beyond the grave. He has a whole new heavens and earth for us. So, so freedom did all that, but it also did this. This is a bonus freedom. The, the scriptures tell us that Christ also bring freedom to creation. In fact, the scriptures tell us that all creation has been groaning and groaning and that Christ came to bring liberation to even creation, the universe, the earth, and that the, the creation would be liberated from the bondage of decay and would once and one day share in the liberty of the glory of all God's children. So the question today is, are you truly free? And maybe ask this in a different way. Do you want to be truly free? What, what's holding you back? You know, freedom is much bigger than a license just to do whatever we want. In fact, freedom is much more powerful than that. Freedom is actually the freedom to live within guardrails. That, that, you know, we know this to be true. I mean, freedom in our country, we have speed limits so that people aren't going 120 miles an hour and hitting someone else. So they have the freedom to, to enjoy the road. Freedom and protection from theft and violence and abuse. Freedom isn't anarchy. I like what one scholar, K.G. Youngblood, wrote. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever one desires, because this would lead to enslavement to one's own passions. Rather, the Bible defines freedom as the ability to deny oneself, to deny one's desires 
in the interest of pleasing and glorifying God. That's the freedom we're talking about. In fact, I'd encourage you to read up a little bit more about freedom and how that works in the life of believers in Romans 14. Romans 14 is a great discussion there of what freedom looks like, what liberation means, and all of that. But I love what one of the early followers of Jesus wrote as he contributed to the New Testament writings that we have. In 1 Peter 3.16, he says this, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover for evil, but living as servants of God. So I want you to claim your freedom in Christ. I want you to claim your freedom in Christ. And if you've never done that, if you've never said yes to Jesus, you can claim that freedom. We can enjoy true freedom that is way more powerful than any earthly freedom or way more powerful than any fleeting pleasure. Claim it. If you've never said yes to Jesus, you can do that. He can free you today, free you from all those things we talked about, the, the tyranny of the law, there's all these things. We just can't be perfect. The, the tyranny of Satan's grip, our deceivers coming after us. Uh, freed, freedom from the tyranny of sin and how much sin is a weight and a slavery to us. And freedom from fear of death, even physical death. You can, you can have that kind of freedom by simply believing in Jesus, trusting that he is who he says he is, God's only son. Repenting of your sin and going Jesus' way and not your own way. Confessing that he is Lord and Savior and agreeing with God that you need him in your life, being baptized, buried into Christ, risen to new life, and living as a follower of Jesus in perfect, true freedom. If that's your decision today, we'd love to know that. Let us know, we'd love to celebrate that with you. Love to get you connected. If you're not close to Dallas, Oregon, connected to a church close by, we'd love to help you with that. If you've already said yes to Jesus, if you've already claimed your freedom in Christ, then here's the reality for you. Are you living in that freedom? Are you living truly free? Because there may be things that are hanging you up from living that, that, that liberated life in Christ. It could be bad habits, addictions, things that you just can't move past from. Maybe, maybe, maybe today you can claim freedom on all those areas of your life. You can bring them to Jesus and say, I need you to step in. I need you to bring your light, Jesus, into these areas of darkness in my life and I can live truly free. Jesus has all that freedom no matter where you're at in that spectrum. So today, if you've made a decision, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to pray with you over that. I wanna pray. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love for us, your hope that we talked about last week on Easter, but today, your freedom, that you offer us freedom that is so much greater than any of the, the fleeting pleasures that we see around us. You offer us freedom from, from sin and freedom from trying to be perfect, that in Christ we have everything and that he could truly set us free from any temptation, any addiction. That's the power of your Holy Spirit working inside us. So Lord, we claim that freedom together and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.